It's gonna be our routine now. No. Yes, it's our ritual. Mm. Mm. That's our new intro. <laughs> it's recording, so I like. I it. could totally put get Periscope going. The music. Get, get Periscope going. We'll have a million follows. Just me pounding on my chest, grunting. <laughs> All right, hey, this is Christian. No, you're not Christian. Hey, that, this... was, that was your best one. Right? <laughs> I feel really bad for shitting all over it because that was like the best you've ever been in the intro, <laughs> and I ruined it. Like you just literally plug that in every time. <laughs> Thanks. That was perfect. Yes. That was perfect. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Dan. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian. Yeah. You're all in, man. Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, I thought you were asking me if I'm all in. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so we're starting off this way, Christian. <laughs> yeah, so the Amazing Nerd Show was all in this weekend. Well, half of it. Half of it. I was at, like, hey, Mother's Day lunch. <laughs> I think I can call it the Amazing Nerd Show because I was there for fucking nine hours. Yes. Damn straight you can. <laughs> That's impressive. I totally didn't think you were going to get in. So, I mean, t- tell the people the story. Um, I stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'll try to leave by three o'clock. That's when my phone was fully charged. I had two backup batteries because my phone battery's been shit lately. Um, Why do you start off the story by telling people what the hell we're talking about oh, right now? Um, <laughs> I made it to the all-in press conference. That's right. By the uh, Young Bucks and uh, Cody Rhodes and the Being the Elite cast, if you will. So, all right. Now, continue, my friends. (laughs) (laughs) I made it there. There was about 10 people outside and then a bunch of people parked in cars just with placeholders down. I feel like that's cheating. Is that (laughs) cheating? I guess, but the people that were standing in line were holding them for them as well. Okay. All right. I guess they were alternating who's in the car, who's not. Was it and it was was it raining? Rain? Yeah, it wasn't like because it was pretty rain. nasty. Not at that point. It was nasty walking there. Yeah, it you down. walked all the way there. Well, I took the train. I got okay, off okay. The blue line, and I walked. I the missed the train of, part. Okay, yes. fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and I stood in line there with a bunch of marks for eight hours, and we all just kind of like got loopy. We all. Uh, Popeyes, what a bunch of fucking marks. <laughs> uh, Popeyes opened at ten o'clock in the morning, and we all just went over to Popeyes, crowded it up, ordered all the food that they had, and get back. And it's just like a line of people with Popeyes. So were you able to get your spot back? Oh, yeah, it was like the front of the line went, then the middle of the line went. It was kind of like so everyone was really friendly. Yeah, everyone was That's friendly, cool. kind of nice about it. That's cool. but everyone was still fucking marks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course they were through and through. Poor I. The poor pedestrians walking by that got screamed at, you know, are you all in? Are you all in? Honk your horn if you're all in. It's just this was at Pro Wrestling Tees. Yes, at Pro Wrestling Tees. That was my first time ever being there. You know, Um, I actually have never been in the store. I've always just ordered online through them. So, did you uh, pick anything up that day? No, I I was 
poor <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. I also went to the Ring of Honor show later that day. All right, well, we'll get there, man. We'll get there. So, how was the actual press conference? You actually got to be part of the press conference. Yes, I was number 19, so I was definitely, I was one of the first 50. So, the first 50 fans in line mm. got to actually be part of the press conference. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, they brought out t-shirts for the people that couldn't get in. You know, they were like, here, have some t-shirts. Whatever. They didn't give the other people t-shirts? Nope. I mean, we got signed pictures. So That's awesome. Though. And we are actually in the press conference. That's cool. It's literally like every. That's really knowing how to treat your fans, though. That really is because <laughs> you get pictures, you know, autograph pictures, and which I mean, you go to one of those signings, it's a forty dollar picture right there, exactly. you know, and then you know, t shirts for the rest of the people who actually showed up. And how many people were like actually there? It looked for me, it looked around seventy because eventually at a certain point it went around the block. It went like around the block. That sounds more like more than seventy, though. Well. From what it looked like from when I was over at Popeye's, it wasn't too far around the block. It was just like... <laughs> okay. 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 And just from like everything that you shot, because we went on, we were on Periscope for mm-hmm. the first time, not really having a clue <laughs> on what, what he was doing, which, I mean, hey, <laughs> I would have no clue either. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. From what I saw in the video, you know, it looked like a decent amount of people and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, the experience like in the press conference, how was that? It was fine it was it was fun paced like um like there were definitely spots that were planned and stuff that was like just to get information out it didn't feel like you know like a major like events press conference it felt like something that they were just running and as an advertisement for themselves and they were streaming it themselves yes right? which i didn't even realize we don't know where they're streaming it i i saw it on twitter not too long ago actually they had oh. They had a link somewhere okay. to watch it. So yeah, I didn't even realize that. So, but then and they actually did something nice at the end where they you know cut off you know their stream and they allow the fans to ask yeah. like questions and everything, which you actually caught a lot of mm. on you know Periscope. Of course, so. one of the immediate questions they asked is you know CM Punk's you know there on the weekend. Of course, is he showing up the next day? Because he's like, doing a signing right at Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling Tees. They, they teased it. They were like, well, I mean, he is in the area, but let's focus on his UFC if fight. He does, right if he does, if he does, this guy show up, I feel like it will just be like an appearance, you know, a wave or, you know, jump on the mic and like put the guys over and that's it. I don't see him working, you mm-hmm. know, the match or anything like that. I can't imagine, you know, unless he's just like done with the UFC <laughs> after June. You know. I mean, we'll find out. I mean, September's a long time from now. They could come up with something better for him if they really wanted to. Yeah, but it's whether or not he's willing to, exactly. you know. You know, and the guy doesn't need the money, you know, and I don't know how much money they will really have to offer him. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I, I, just, I don't know. It'll be, you would hope, you know, that would be, I mean, God, how huge would that be? You know, to get yeah. like CM Punk's like first appearance yeah, but do you hide that? Do you keep it a secret, or do you try to like, you know, like really advertise it to like get well, eyes I mean, on it? As as we've already seen, they're sold out. Yeah, but now, but they haven't like talked about streaming because I'm sure they're going to stream it somewhere. The question was asked, but they said that they didn't have any plans currently. They will if they if they got to where they wanted it to be. Then they'll start thinking about this it. This was at the press conference. Yes. So that's and this wasn't during. For people who don't know, it sold like, out mm-hmm. within like thirty minutes. So I'm sure they're like on the phone with people, like trying to figure out like how to stream it. You know, because there's mean, no if you reason could turn that into a pay per view. Imagine yeah, that amount of money. That's a missed opportunity if they don't. But, so I would think that they would be, you know, all over that. 
Um, Because I know um, in interviews they're talking about how, like, sponsors were already offering to, like, basically pay for everything, like, up front. You know, and they were turning them down Mm -hmm. because they wanted to just be the three, you know, doing everything, you know, their money and everything, you know, shelling out so they have complete control of everything, which is awesome. Um, But I don't see why they wouldn't want as many eyes as possible Mm -hmm. on the product, so. I mean, this is is huge. This could be big implications for indie wrestling all together yes yes i agree with that um it shows you you know i think it what it does it really shows companies like new japan and like ring of honor what's mm-hmm. possible you know more so new japan because i feel like new japan they've been coming out here you know states the last couple of years they've been running really like small venues which I'm not sure why they felt the need to do mm. with the names that they had on the card, you know, because they have the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny and everyone that's basically going to be at All In um, on the card. And they're running like a couple thousand, like, you know, yeah. venues like you could go much bigger than that. So I feel like this is going to basically give them the balls to do that. Um, so, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, what do you think it means for them? these guys for you know the be the lead you know cast like where do you think this leads for them do you think they do more shows on their own i could totally see that i mean if they're able to book ten thousand on their first show i mean all in two has got to be a a dead set thing that's gonna happen do you think they do it more like an annual or do you think they do it like you know try to take the show on the road i think for right now especially um with how things are maybe by next year They'll be like, they'll do a second one annually, and then maybe they'll start to think about doing. Because if they can sell out a bigger venue, because mm-hmm. he, um, Cody even uh, said that he has venues in mind if they were to do a second one. Okay. If they were to do something bigger, then yeah, there's no reason that they wouldn't want to take it out on the road. On the road. And, you know, I mean, and I'm biased, obviously, but, you know, starting off in Chicago mm-hmm. makes perfect sense because it's such a huge wrestling town, you know, so you, it, it was. It was no doubt in my mind that it was going to sell out, you know. And then you don't only have people in Chicago, obviously, you know, buying the tickets, but you have people around the world, really, you mm-hmm. know, coming to the show. So, but I mean, Chicago is such a wrestling town, you know. I mean, if you don't know, you know, now you do. <laughs> so, um, and really, you listen to like a lot of people, like a lot of people who are in the business. They all just like you know do nothing but love on Chicago and mm-hmm. talk about what a great city it is, you know, for the business. So. Um, some of the best fans in the world, you know, if I do say so myself, <laughs> but really, I mean, I, I just, I'm really trying to put my head around what it really means for the business. Cause you know, you hear a lot of people talking about, like, this is huge. This is going to mean a lot. I'm just trying to figure out how it will actually like, you know, translate. Um, I could definitely see them taking it on the road, you know, and doing more shows, um, if they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know how the New Japan contracts are set up. It sounds like they can do pretty much whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they work Ring of Honor and they work other shows. I don't know, you know, what their schedules look like. I mean, those guys are always on the road. Um, I mean, with them, like, working with Ken but, and everything, yeah. maybe they could even get more New Japan on Yeah, and they've got a D. I I mean, they got Okada on this card. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, like, can you put together a card this caliber every time, though? You know, that's going to be, I feel like, going to be the difficult task, really. You know, because a one-time deal is a lot easier than doing it, like, you know, Mm -hmm. 
But if it's like a yearly thing, I definitely feel like they can do that. And if it's something that that keeps on drawing, you know, it could be like the indie fucking WrestleMania every year. Really? Yeah. I mean, right now it's always, you know, the day before WrestleMania Mm. feels that way with the super cards and everything. But I mean, this could be (coughs) it if they book it well. I mean, they've got a great name with all in. So, yeah. I just, it's funny, I was, the one thing I was disappointed with, with the press conference was I felt like we were going to get more, like, actual, like, match announcements. I know they announced Cody's um, opponent, the NWA champ, I can't think of his name off the top of my head now. Yeah, and even Billy Corgan was, like, saying, oh, if he's still champion by then, so who knows. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was surprised, because I really thought this would be the blow-off match between, you know, Cody and Kenny. Mm. But if you're, like, New Japan or ROH, do you really want that happening at this event? So, I mean, I guess it makes sense in a way. Mm. Um, You know, because I think we were talking about, like, the last couple podcasts where, you know, it feels like it's leading to, you know, September 1st, all in, but apparently not. So, I don't know. I don't know. So, because right now, I mean, the Bull Club is still kind of in disarray, you know, and I'm sure they'll keep on milking it. It seems like if you watch the last episode of Being Elite, you know, they're looking like they're leading towards, you know, the Elite cast, the original Elite cast getting back together. Mm. But, you know, who knows? I also see a scenario, knowing how tight they are with Cody now, like where they like stab, you know, Kenny in the back, you know, knowing that he's, it sounds like he's got a huge like you know position in new japan now where he's like starting to book like shows yeah i mean it was just <laughs> announced that he's basically convinced new japan to work with this major like um major league gaming uh fighting tournament and ceo to basically let's do a show together so at mm. ceo there will be a new japan event that is totally completely booked by kenny that's 100 cool. percent. he has full control over all of that wow and they, um, New Japan's just like, yeah, we trust him. We, we see his future. Let's let him do it. I wonder if he's going to eventually become like office for New Japan. If he's going to become one of their like, you know, main agents, one of their bookers. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's really leading towards that, you know, because he loves the product and everything. And you know, he had a huge opportunity to jump to the WWE, and he turned it down. So I. I really could see a situation, a scenario where he, you know, ends up just being a lifer and he, you know, ends up working, mm. you know, behind the scenes. With he, said, he doesn't need WWE. No, no, he doesn't. And he's getting, I mean, he's the one guy who's getting like that marquee position, mm. you know, where they're booking him and everything like that. He does well in the States, you know, he's, you know, demanding top dollar, you know, from any other promotion, you know, that in his, I think, I feel like he's a little less limited, like what he can work. Like, where, like, Young Bucks can do other indie shows. Mm. I don't think Kenny can. I feel like he can just do, like, ROH and a few others. Um, But, you know, when he does, it's definitely, you know, a main event attraction. So, I mean, it makes sense. It really does for him to stick around if that's what he loves. So, and that's, it really does seem like. And you can't blame the guy, you know. Why venture off to WWE Mm. when you know... (laughs) You know, the horror shows, the horror stories that come out of, you know, a lot of your friends, you know, getting mm-hmm. complete. Look what happened with Austin Aries, you know, yeah. the guy leaves WWE and he's top of the world again. You know, I mean, does he still have like most of Viking Max titles? Yeah, he has three titles. Yeah. Right now, and he almost had four. 
that so fucking, <laughs> there was one point where Kurt Angle had all of like Impact's like titles, like TNA's titles. <laughs> so it's not the first time they've done this. Um, you know, like he had the X Division title, like he had everything. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no, it shows you, you know, if WWE is not going to respect you and which is ridiculous, but you know, why it, there's life elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look what Cody's doing right now. So, I mean, I just, I don't know. I know it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It's awesome to see. I mean, I, I hope that we can see a better product in WWE in the next 10 years, but. Well, I think what this could do. This could be have a ripple effect. WWE always has done better when it has competition. Mm-hmm. For years now, it hasn't had any real competition. But if Vince starts feeling threatened, I feel like maybe you know it'll actually make WWE a better product. You see them giving other wrestlers who you know normally the last ten, you know ten years ago would never have a shot, mm-hmm. you know. In w, like AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, you see them like actually being willing to like book them now. Um, so who knows? Maybe it continues that. You know, maybe their storytelling gets better. Maybe <laughs> their writing finally gets better. So, um, but only time will tell. You know, who knows if this is even on the old man's radar? Who knows? You know, I'm sure the agents, you know, the people, you know, around mm. him know about it, but I don't know oh, if trips he realizes. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I give him a lot of credit, though. You know what he's done with NXT, the people mm-hmm. that he's brought in, and everything like that. But there's only so much he can do when you know he's got the old man, yeah. you know, up atop, you know, telling him no. So I mean, God, we've got uh, right now. You look at SmackDown's, you know, roster, even though they're doing shit with it. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a it's a dream roster, really. Mm-hmm. You know, AJ Styles, Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe. Right there, you're like, okay, <laughs> how can you put on a show? Yet they still are. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. somehow. So, so hopefully they get the right people, you know, and they feel a little threatened, and they get the right people booking, and you know, we're everyone wins then, you know. So, yeah, but hey, we're all in, right? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, really, we did not really. I didn't really get a chance to watch Raw. In all honesty, and you know, SmackDown's actually going on right now. So the only really big news that I've seen that's come out, you know, the last couple mm-hmm. days from WWE is that uh, Ronda Rousey is actually getting a title match at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I guess Nia Jax. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seems a little out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I believe the term is hot shotting. The uh, angle, because I, I really don't understand why. Has um, she had another singles match? No, she now, hasn't. Or, she I mean, hasn't. can't even count that as a singles match. No, she hasn't. So, it's a little bizarre. I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious what's going to happen. I feel like Natalia is going to come out and interfere in the match and, you know, cost her the At match, least basically. Someone. Even if it's not Natalia, it's got to be something. I don't know if they're just desperate to get eyes on the pay-per-view it just seems weird. It really does feel out of nowhere and just really bad booking. I mean, Money in the Bank is usually a big pay-per-view for them. Yeah, and maybe they're a little scared. Maybe last pay-per-view, maybe Backlash. I mean, it's been critically panned, so and maybe it didn't like draw as many eyes as they wanted. You know, I really still don't understand, you know, how they figure out, you know, 
what used to be buy rates on those Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, You know, I don't know if it's more like, you know, new subscriptions or whatever they weigh in. I think they're still trying to figure it out, honestly. Um, So, but it just seems just out of nowhere. And the way they worked the angle, they did it on some red carpet for NBC. It just felt so forced and like tongue in cheek almost. I was like, oh God, this is really how you're going to like announce it. Like Naya just basically walks up to her while she's in the middle of an interview and like they're they're wooing her and Charlotte are like wooing. And she's like, well, I know one thing you, you know, can't, or one thing that you can't do or haven't done. And she's like, can you do this? And she like holds up the title in her face. Yeah. But that's as like serious as it was, you know, that, that was it. After that, it was all like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, well, do you want a title shot? Sure, but you know, I don't want to make like anyone feel like you know weird about me jumping in plays. I really don't. She's like, No, take it, you know, you want a title shot, and they like shake hands and then they walk off together, wooing. Yeah, it was, it was really awkward and horrible. I'll show it to you afterwards. It was (laughs) just, I mean, and I I, usually say I didn't do that justice. No, I did that justice. That's like literally, I might have actually just made it better somehow. In my retelling of that story, because it was just very awkward and it's weird, gross. Um, yeah. So I don't know why they're doing this. Um, you know, because if you really want to piss people off and get people to kind of turn on her, you know, I mean, this is exactly what you would do. You know, I mean, I mean unless they're going to start throwing her in matches up. I mean, they've got four or five weeks, right? They do have four weeks. Yes, they've got four weeks, so they could give her a couple matches. Feel like she needs those matches mm-hmm. naya is not like the best wrestler in the no. world so if you're going to expose anyone for being green put her in a match against naya and i feel like those are two very different styles of wrestlers i feel like you need someone who's going to be able to fly around that ring i mean ronda is fast she mm-hmm. is can move but you need someone who can bump for her yeah you know someone who can really work to guide her you know Natalia was really, you know, who I really thought was going to be who she started off, you know, and she probably would. like, I'm guessing the match is maybe five minutes before, you know, someone interferes. Um, I feel like it's going to be a score and it's like, this should have been my shot. Why did you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you, you know, get a title shot before me? You know, it's an obvious angle. It makes sense, I guess. But even then, that still makes Ronda look more like the bad guy than... Well, yeah. And, it, I mean, after everything that you're going through the last, like, especially the last four years with, like, Roman Reigns, why would you put that, like, golden child label on, you know, Ronda? So, it doesn't really help her at all. No. So, I mean, they try to have her say the right things. Well, I don't want to jump over, you know, past a bunch of other people who are more deserving than me. But they're like, oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> You know, I think it was, like, Charlotte in her ear, too, who's, like, on the other show. So, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Why? Obviously, she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just a horrible angle. <laughs> so. Charlotte can't talk for anyone right now. No. No. Well, after that match. But, you know, I still won't blame her for that match. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, Yeah. <sighs> So that's pretty much what's going Way on. Way to ruin it by bringing up WWE after. Whatever, man. <laughs> oh, I don't want to start the episode with it. <laughs> Whatever, we're talking comics now, yes. so it gets better. <laughs> we promise. All right, before we move on, 
How's ROH? You saw it the, that night. Yes. I Did went, you sleep at all? No. Um, God, that's crazy. Do you even <laughs> remember it at this point? <laughs> I do remember. I don't remember a lot of the... Probably know, feels like a fever dream, right? Didn't really, there was a lot of matches that you didn't was really it? Need. Was this uh, TV taping? Yes. Okay. So it was three episodes all in one night. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, you got several title matches. Huge Austin Aries versus um, Silas Young match uh, for the TV championship of Royal... Of Ring of Honor, Boy, I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, I thought you must said Royal Rumble. <laughs> no idea. Um, they had the uh, women's championship undefended, uh, and then we also had, of course, they had Lij versus Bullet Club as the like the big grand finale. Wow, was that actually part of the TV taping? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Massive like crowd reaction. Everyone was on their feet the entire time. Uh, the match beforehand had just been like. This guy, he came out, he started complaining about Chicago, and it was like, no one could care, everyone was booing. I went to go get popcorn. I'm standing in line, and right. the match ends, and I'm just freaking out, because I'm like, I can't miss that. <laughs> yeah. Versus That's when you ditch the popcorn, popcorn man. I, <laughs> I, I was doing this the entire time, just looking back, like, is, is, are they gonna, can I see the announcer coming out? Like, oh, I, I yeah. got back in time. It was perfect. Okay, good. I was going to say, if you like, missed <laughs> L.I.J. for some popcorn. No, God, no. <laughs> And it was magical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoilers, because obviously, yes, the, the shows haven't aired. Team. Yes, that's awesome. That's that's a really and the tickets were very affordable, right? Yeah, extremely. It was so, at the Odeon. Yes, that's a nice venue. You know. For where I sat, I mean, I paid fifty bucks, and it was like literally you could see everything. So yeah, yeah, the layout's really nice for a wrestling show. It's like the perfect place mm-hmm. for like a small wrestling. I saw a bunch of ECW shows, and honestly, security back in the day didn't there. really give a shit. Where you were, so... I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with the Odium security guards before. There was a uh, guy dressed up like Dalton Castle. Like, one of the Dalton Castle's, like, um, little boys that go out with him. Uh-huh. To fan him. And um, he, like, ran up to Colt Cabana and started fanning him. Colt Cabana's like, no, stop! Get away from here! Because <laughs> they were literally about to go on camera to shoot a part. Oh, so he's really? behind them going like this with a fan. <laughs> and the security just stood there and watched yeah. them. Is this part of the show? Probably. <laughs> That's the Odium security. So um awesome, man. Awesome. Um, all right. We're gonna talk some comic books, right? Yes. What do we want to start off with? Because we have uh two big books and then two that I kind of read on my own. It's up to you, man. What do you want to talk about first? Um, I wouldn't mind talking Vader, because it was very interesting this week. Uh, okay. So, right now, it's Vader. He's chasing after these Jedi that are hiding out on the Mon, Cali, uh, Mon Calamari planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still can't remember what the fucking name of the planet is. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the last issue, he found out where they were hidden. On the- This is the secret order, right, of the Jedi? Like, that, they, that there's some weird secret group of Jedi or something going on? It's um, Master Bar. He kind of, like, has been, like, recruiting people that have been dealing with the Empire and stuff like that. I don't know how many of them are actually force sensitive, and it doesn't really matter at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers ahead. Um, so yeah, uh, the king of Mon Calamari, uh, pretty much before uh, all of his traps went off, he gave Darth Vader the location of where they were. And so, they're all converging on the um, Jedi and everything. The Jedi escape their little thing, they fly out, which is a huge, badass moment. Um, you see Darth Vader in a ship uh, underwater, and they're all kind of like using these little scooters to get away. 
Um, they have like these helmets on. Darth Vader just does this with his fists. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> Just head just explodes underwater. Oh, God, that's awesome. Oh, this was a huge, brutal episode. Um, but what we get is uh, Tarkin is, like, kind of doing well against them. Like, Tarkin has this whole offensive fight going against uh, the Mon Calamari. Because the Emperor wanted to do a big showing of the power of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And he wanted it to be a quick, easy fight. Okay. And it's not, they're proving stronger than they thought. So Tarkin reaches out to Vader and says, I know you're you're on the hunt for the Jedi right now, but can you turn around and just come get the king for me? Okay. And um, he, he pretty much says, I will owe you a life debt and everything. And, and Darth Vader, for some reason, that, that kind of surprised me because Darth Vader, what we've seen in these issues is that he needs a like he needs to forget that he's Anakin. He needs to kill more Jedi. He has this bloodlust. For That's Jedi. just like, it's not being fulfilled. So the fact that he was able to step away from his hunt yes. to go help Tarkin. Yes, let's do this kind of for the Empire, for mm. the Emperor. Kind of shows just how much power Palpatine has over him. and uh, What a great manipulator yes. Tarkin is. So that's cool. So then does do we see what happens after that, or it just kind of leaves you hanging? It continues on. Okay. So the Inquisitors um, uh, basically gets the... Uh, Jedi cornered, and it's down to the, like the last two that are there. Like we start with a group of eight, and it's just like we're getting scene after scene of each one of them sacrificing themselves to save the rest of the group. And uh, after each one dies, this this is where the storytelling gets really well done because I mean you haven't you don't know shit about these characters at this point. Mm-hmm. After each one dies, it shows a flashback to why they joined up with Master Bar. And, oh wow. Um, it kind of seems like Master Bar is almost manipulating them into joining him. Interesting. So, like, um, I was reading other people. So they have them die just to kind of get a clear. So they have them, you know, the, their death, and then they show exactly yes. why. Okay. So they're gaining sympathy after the fact, but mm-hmm. kind of painting a picture of Master Bar, yeah, who he really is and what he's, you know. So really he about. seems almost selfish in all of this. Like, uh-huh. yes, your um, sacrifices won't be in vain. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive and you're not. <laughs> we have to save this cause. Um, and it ends with this very interesting moment. They have um, clone troopers that are kind of like the last line of clone troopers. Yeah, I was going to say, I was surprised clone troopers were still around because I thought they deactivated them after Order 66. Right? Pretty much, but he um, these were ones that were pretty much used after Order 66. Like This is the last line okay. that was created. And they're only being used by Inquisitors. All right. So what's interesting about the Inquisitors, as we know, they're all fallen Jedi. They're all Jedi that left the Order. Okay. So what Master Bar does is says, well, you know, you all were Jedi. And he says, "Order 60, um, execute Order 66. And that's how the issue ends. Really? Yes. Wow. So we know that the clone troopers are automatically going to be triggered by this. Yeah. Because they have chips that are um, inhibiting them to do it. And they're all going to turn against the Inquisitors. Uh, that's a great yeah okay. little badass moment there but we don't really know is master bar all that good or not because there's um imagery where it seems like he might even be jedi mind tricking these people into following him so is it okay to go back to the order 66 thing why i'm kind of thrown off by that because the inquisitors then are considered to be so they're former jedi yes 
Okay, so they weren't Sith. They were actually considered Jedi. Yes. Who ch- turned, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, Master Barn names each one of them, too. He knows them from the past. Oh, that's cool. That's badass, mm-hmm. though, that they actually have. So do you find that in, like, earlier books? That they um, were, like, do we get to know the Inquisitors at all? Or are they just kind of Kind friends? of. They, they're, like, they're, um, they play around with more. I think there's another book that goes more into it. Okay. I think there's one that follows the um, guy that we see in um, the first few seasons of uh, Rebels. Okay. So I think there's one that follows him more. Oh, what's his name, too? I can't remember his name because he actually dies on Rebels. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Because <laughs> um, you haven't watched all of Rebels, right? Oh, no, but I've seen that. Okay. I know okay. he, he dies. Because okay. that's like, the, like yeah. the first or second season. Mm. Um, God damn. I got. I say this every time you review this book. I've got to read this fucking book. <laughs> it's really fucking good. I've got. It to read leaves this me book. on a cliffhanger, and it just makes me. Want How's the art on? Um, the art's really good. It's okay. solid. I haven't had any issues. I haven't seen any. The covers are beautiful, yeah. and I don't know if the cover artist is the same. Uh, it's as not the, the same. Okay, as in the book, but it's still very like it's. I wouldn't say clean cuts, but it's definitely like distinctive of who everyone is. You never. There's never like a proportions issue or. Uh, too cartoonish for me or anything and they they tell the story exactly okay okay because that's the most important too um so i yeah i've got to really pick this up man (laughs) i've got to just like just take like a day and just read through because it's what like 15 issues in uh yeah i think so okay yeah but either way like it sounds like it'd be a quick read too the way that they're written just like you pile through it's like you fly through these books okay yeah, I've got I've got to jump in, man. This is just sounds too good to like <laughs> to be sitting around waiting for it to be collected or whatever. So yeah, yeah, and we're getting you're getting Vader like like the Vader we always dreamed of as like children, exactly. you know, kind of what we got a hint of, <laughs> you know, in um Rogue One. So I mean, this is Vader all out, you know. I mean, the Jedi hunt, man, it's like legend when those books were out, you know. So I I love that it's actually like. In the comics. And now. apparently this is actually like a lot of these actions and stuff that happens in this book affect the other Star Wars books that are out. So these mm-hmm. are all kind of connected. Well, and they, the they kind of, it's kind of what they're, and basically what they were saying before with the extended universe with the Star Wars, it's like it's supposed to be canon too. Mm-hmm. So, which is always cool. Now, any director who, you know, can use whatever they want or throw mm-hmm. whatever they want. I do like that it seems like you know the newer star wars movies are kind of like picking and choosing you know because they kind of did throughout the whole you know extended you know star wars universe yeah. once it you know but it seems like they're picking and choosing what they want to use which is kind of cool hmm. um you know i i'm sure eventually down the line it'll be the same thing because i feel like all these stories are going to eventually be told on the screen hmm. i don't see like why anyone would pass up you know the Jedi hunt with like fucking Darth Vader, like it just feels like a money maker. Like <laughs> off the bat, it would just—I mean, I would watch that. Like, oh my god, no Can problem. You imagine, like, but I don't know if they're gonna do that. I, it would. Someone will eventually. Do it. <laughs> I don't know when someone will do it because that was one of the um, rumored like TV show ideas that mm. they're talking about, like kind of in between, you know, the trilogies, like having Vader like hunt down the Jedi and everything. God, that would be fantastic. I mean, you want to talk about nerdgasm. I wouldn't. <laughs> just that, I mean, really, that end of Rogue One. I mean, that whole, you know, scene of him, you know, chasing after, you know, the rebels and everything. 
that I mean, I mean, the movie was fantastic on its own, mm-hmm. but that right there was like a wet dream for me. Oh, I, yeah. couldn't, I, <laughs> I couldn't handle it, man. I was just like sitting there with my jaw on the floor, like the entire you know sequence. So, and it, it maybe lasted what like two minutes exactly. Yes, and I could watch that thing over and over again. God damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, more Vader being a badass. That's what I need. <laughs> He's horrifying. He can be incredibly horrifying. Well, I feel like what's happened, you know, when I grew up, he was, you know, I, I'm an 80s kid. So when he grew up, he was the big bad, you mm. know, it was all about Vader. And I feel like after a while, you know, you see the image so much, he's in so much, you get overexposed to it. So almost, you know, he becomes, you know, I don't know, like dulled down a little. And what Rogue One really did was, like, show you again, like, reintroduce you to who Vader really is, you know, those badass moments and Mm. give you, like, oh, no, this isn't just, you know, your dad's villain. This is, you know, the villain. So, um, yeah, I need more. I need more (laughs) villain. More Vader, you know, just, you know, wrecking havoc. I will. I will. I will. That's all this is about, him burying his past and becoming... What was that game? What was that video game where... um, you get to be Vader in the very start of it. Oh, um, the Force Unleashed. Yes, yes. Just that whole beginning sequence where you're Vader and you're just throwing people, like Force throwing people and everything, and you're just like destroying rebels left or that right there. That like I mean, that was it for me. Mm. So I think that was a big groundbreaking game at the time. It was definitely testing like the um, new consoles at that time period. Where you're like getting pieces breaking apart and everything, mm-hmm. and when you've got the force behind that, and you're just like, well, it was just so fun breaking. to play and everything, yeah. and you finally see Vader, you know, being what you know you always imagined Vader would was like, you know. Mm. Um, I can't, you know, I it, it was always frustrating because you wanted more of that in the game, mm. but I remember too with that game. It was also frustrating because I think it was in the middle of the prequels or it was after the prequels. But you were sitting there like, this story is better than anything they showed us during the prequels. Better to a point. Oh, no. Christian, it was better than he anything. He has, in two games, two opportunities to kill the Emperor and Vader. And he doesn't. Okay. It's still better than anything that happens <laughs> in the prequels. He just doesn't. I'm do not it. saying it's the perfect story, Christian. <laughs> but it's still better than anything that happened in the prequels. Fine. Like, give me that on film. That, that, I mean, that was a great story. That was fun. So you can work out that issue on film. No problem. You know, get a good script writer. You know, I mean, for a video game to outdo, you know, three movies by Lucas is saying a lot. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of people that actually don't like that story. Really? I have a lot of people who do love that story. <laughs> so I love that story. So um, I would. No, I love, love both games, and I have them. I you also know people who them. like the prequels too. Well, yeah, but so do okay. You, so don't don't. No, I know one person. <laughs> one person. Hey, I grew up with them. You know, I grew up with that generation that I saw know. them for the first time. At, like yeah, as kids, so fools. <laughs> did you see the prequels first? Um, no, because I did not see episode one first. I definitely saw like them on TV first. You saw the original trilogy first. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to introduce them to my daughter. And oh. I don't think I'm just gonna skip the prequels altogether. <laughs> she's still a while I mean she's three, so we've got a couple years, but you know, I feel like I'm gonna start with the 
the trilogy, the original trilogy. Well, you know the order that they tell you to do it, right? Yeah, where it's not to spoil Empire, right? Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Four, five, one, two, three. Seven, I don't six. feel like I need to show her one at all. I mean, there's if, no need. Think Besides, of it as Maul, a way to build backstory of the universe, then maybe to sure. make her appreciate the trilogy, the original trilogy, <laughs> more. If she has questions about how their government works, sure, then show. Yes, her yes, her. exactly. If she <laughs> wants to know the politics behind the empire, they were doomed to fail. Let's let's just say that in the first. Okay. Place. If we and ever want to talk about we, episode one, <laughs> we'll just have a whole other podcast about the prequels. Hey, we got next week to talk about more Star Wars. So yeah, that's right, right? It's a little <laughs> teaser. All right, what else did we read this week? All right. Uh, well, did you have another book you want to talk about? Oh yeah. I mean, I could save it, or we could talk about. No, it. go go for it. It's up to you. Hey, uh, I read both issues of Domino, the first one and the second one. Okay. You know, I figured you know Deadpool's coming out. We're getting the uh, the movie version of her I, I figure i'd read the new book see what they're you know introducing us to. now who's that by uh that is by gail simone awesome wonder woman fame so uh what did you think um i was actually pretty impressed i was uh it starts off kind of playing that kind of like oh she's an over sexualized character but we're kind of like we're teasing around that and we're building on her um, actual character and who she is and what she's dealt with. She is a very 90s character, yeah. so she's definitely <laughs> over-sexualized. That's for sure. Um, is she portrayed that way like throughout the like first two books? Does that linger? It's 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 played with, I will say that. I won't, okay. I won't say that it's like it's like out there in front. Like One of the main things... That's like, not what the book is about. It's not what the I book don't is see about. Gail Simone doing a book no. like that either. So, okay. It's more like tongue-in-cheek about it. Like... Okay. Well, she has this interaction with a, um, they get ambushed by this team, uh, and this interaction with a mutant that's there who, like, can't really control his powers, and he turns into a werewolf, and, like, he goes back down, and he's, um, he's like, you, you guys have no idea what it's like tonight. You guys are, like, supermodels, you know? Mm. This is, you, you guys have, like, the lottery of superpowers. You get to look beautiful and have all the luck in the world. This, you know, yeah. I deal with being a monster at whenever time it wants to come out. Mm. And I thought that was a very interesting like way to look at it. but she then it turns around where like by um halfway through they throw a birthday party for her and it's all this all seems very like cheery and like not like what I expect from a first issue of a book. Mm. And by the way, like she has best friends, you know, they're all um almost all the X-Men are at her apartment celebrating with her birthday. That's weird. you know okay. um and then it quickly dives into she has flashbacks of her past and like how she became Domino and like all the the experimentation she's been through, the tattoo getting it on her face and everything, and um, she immediately starts having headaches and stuff. And then the villain who sent the ambush on them shows up and like takes away her powers and throws her out a fucking window. Okay, okay. and that's the end of the first issue. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I want to read the second. One. I want to know what's yeah. going on because she's like explaining how her powers works and how she can feel it at all times, like. And then she's like, I can't feel this. And she's her powers are very similar to Black Cat's powers, you know. Mm -hmm. So because it's very like it's all luck oriented, mm -hmm. so it's very similar to Black Cat's powers. But um, yeah. So I don't know how they explained it in the book because I mean, every writer I feel like changes it a little or you know uses it the way they want to get out of certain situations. But 
Um, I think there's like a little blurb that says it's just like a kind of telekinetic um, thing that kind of just works for her. It's almost her. like a reflex. Yes. You know, it's not something she necessarily controls. She but... explains it as as it's just some kind of force out there that's fucking with me at all times. Okay. Like it doesn't mind hurting me, but it will save me at times. And she can feel it like on her skin. Like she can just like, there's something just there. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's like a force that's just like on her at all times. Okay. How um, did it set up any kind of like supporting cast for her? Um, yes. So she has two best friends that are kind of following around. I'm trying to remember her name. I might have to pause here. <laughs> Is it Outback? No. The chick with the cowboy hat. Oh, is that her name? I think because I think she only names. She's another mercenary, right? Yeah, I thought it was Outback. I can't remember. I I know they're like good friends. She shows up. She's there the entire time. Okay. Okay. Her and um, this other female named Diamondback. Okay. No, I know Diamondback. Okay. So she was actually in a relationship with Captain America back in the day. Oh. So she's also a mercenary. Yeah, so too. they're basically like a, a trio. That's just I didn't know she was close with Diamond back though. So, but I'm not like big and that's they're that's, like that's interesting friends. though. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, it's the uh, Outback maybe. Outback maybe. Okay, <laughs> maybe. Um, and Diamondback are pretty much working with her. Um, the second issue uh, starts off with um, them. The villain just decides, yeah, give her her powers back. We just wanted to fuck with her. And she gets it back, and Spider-Man saves her out of nowhere. Of course. Because it's New York, probably. Right? Um, uh, They were in San Francisco. He was out there looking for some, something to do with clones, is what he explained. Oh, oh, okay. He's just, so, I'm out here investigating a clone thing, and just, luckily I was here to save him. He's like, she's like, yeah, of course, it's luck. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so we get that. Uh, the whole party is like, what the fuck are you two doing here? And they kind of teleport out, and he starts to de-age. The main villain starts to de-age. Okay. So, so it's like something... When he took away her powers, did it somehow yes, regenerate him? Yes, because she had something negative happen to her. Something positive happened to him. And he goes on to explain later on, when they have this interaction towards the end of the book, that yes, I am purposely fucking with you so that I can go back to my normal self. They are somehow connected. He is the opposite of her. Interesting. As, um, whenever she has luck... He has bad luck. So it's like the yin and the yang almost? I guess, yeah. Huh. Interesting. I wonder, are they connected bloodline-wise? Like, how would they be? Well, I guess we'll find out, yeah, right? We'll find out. <laughs> I haven't explained that yet, but it is. I don't know why. You're not Gil Simone, so you don't know. <laughs> why am I asking you? Um, all well, right. It was very interesting. It pulled me in a lot. I definitely did not expect to be this interested in this book. She's a really fun character. Mm-hmm. Um... So I was definitely, when it was announced and I saw Gail Simone doing it, I was curious to see where they would take it. Um, I'm, I'm really, because she's a fun, but she's very surface level. Like, I feel like no writer ever, like, dives that mm. deep into her. Um, so I'm curious to see if they really give her that, like, depth, you know, mm. to carry her own book, especially. Um, and some big things happen at the end of the second book that I haven't spoiled. So. Okay, okay. Well, I will definitely be checking those out, too, along with Vader. So, <laughs> <laughs> you have sold me, sir. Um, all right. So, do we want to talk... Let's talk about Wolverine. Hunt for Wolverine, right? Yes. All right. And we had the uh, Animanium uh, Agenda, number one, pop up. I will read the little blurb. Okay. So, Snicked. <laughs> A sound that once made blood run cold 
which the Avengers want to ensure is never used for evil again. Due to a promise made between heroes, the new Avengers have reassembled to make sure Logan's body isn't uh, misused. Iron Man, Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage discover a deep state conspiracy that leads to a shocking DNA discovery. All right, and this is by Tom Taylor, who's also doing X-Men Red, okay. who we've been a yeah, big fan of. We've been of. raving all of Yes, days. yes. Um, I enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought this, I, I enjoyed this a lot more than the other um, Hunt for Wolverine oh, tie-in, yes. the Daredevil <laughs> yes. one. Um, I thought this was a great setup. It was characters that I wanted to see together. Um, it was fun. It wasn't too serious, you know, which, I mean, this is the new Avengers team and that team was always fun, but it felt very Bendez, you know, that's who wrote like the mm. first, um, new Avengers teams. Um, so that, that was refreshing to see. Cause I mean, that tone and style is hard to get, but he really did a great job of capturing, you know, those characters and how they kind of like, you know, interact, like staying true to that. Um, Cause I was interested to see that tone. Mm -hmm. They do like this whole flashback sequence and they show Wolverine, you know, sacrificing himself for the team yes. really, um, you know, diffusing a bomb and taking a huge blast and kind of making you understand what Wolverine means to like these individual characters. Um, and really how selfless Logan is as a character. Um, so I really, I enjoyed that, you know, cause I mean, I, it was, I think too, like if you don't know the history of those books, it would be hard to really, you know, like why do these mm. characters care so much, but this really did great, like in setting up those relationships. Yeah, that moment definitely shows the deep ties between all these characters. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it really just framed the whole book mm. and like why they're doing what they're doing. So um, especially Tony. Because Tony really comes off as a prick a lot of times and, you know, seems very, like, selfish. But it really, you know, shows you, okay, Wolverine means something to him because of this. Um, so, um, and then obviously the fear of his DNA getting in the wrong hands mm. um, is definitely, you know, one of the main causes. Um, but everything that happens, they somehow end up on a submarine where there's auctions happening. You know, they think it's for Logan's DNA um hijinks ensues of course um and then there's a big you know do we spoil it should we spoil the ending yes yeah, spoilers whatever <laughs> <laughs> so they basically figure out they they think they're you know there to prevent wolverine's dna mm -hmm. from being auctioned off they basically in a roundabout way find out that it's actually not logan's dna it is uh, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' daughter's DNA. Mic drop. Yes. <laughs> and Luke is about to lose his shit along with Jessica. So well, Jessica I, looked more angry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a really nice, like, huge moment where it leaves you really wanting mm. more. Um, and a great setup, I think, for the rest of the series. I believe this is four issues. Yeah, I believe each one should be four issues. Yes. yes. Well, actually, no. There's a little calendar. But we'll, we can get back to that later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so I'm definitely, you know, I'm curious to see where they go, mm. you know, with the rest of it. Is this book going to be really about Logan's, you know, you know, DNA? Or is this going to end up being about the new Avengers and, you know, his time with the team and, you know, that just team? Because it seems like they're going to be really, you know, mm -hmm. bashing heads <laughs> and you know, to start off the second issue. Because I, like like you said, I mean, Jessica's definitely going to be off the chain, you know. 
out for blood. Oh, yeah, that sub is going to blow up. <laughs> yes, yes, because they keep on bringing up too throughout the whole. That this is a pressurized, you know, vessel we're in. Be careful, you know. So that they, I, I wouldn't doubt if the first page is just the sub exploding, you know. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, overall, I enjoyed this book. Yeah, um, I think it definitely was a way better start than the last one with Daredevil. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like I enjoyed that one, but this was definitely like I understand why fun. these characters care about mm. Wolverine. Where, you know, with the Daredevil book, you know, I mean, Daredevil has a, a connection with Logan, but I feel like they didn't explore that at all in that book. Mm. And then the other characters just feel very thrown in there, you know. So and maybe it, Misty and I could have a deeper reason. With but her we don't secret, know. But we have no. Fucking we thing. don't know what happened or why. Yeah. You know, she retired. But anyway, that was last week. So, but yeah, this definitely was a much better first issue mm. for, you know, a tie-in, you know. Um, is there, a, for the Hunt of Wolverine, is there other, like, main title books coming out? Or is the story being told within these, all these different tie-ins? I think it's all just these different tie-ins. Really? Okay. And maybe they'll have, like, you know, like an Omega at the end? Probably. Okay. Probably like a Capper. That's cool. Because that's a lot. I mean, I was going to mm. say, this is a big story if they're, like, you know, like, four main issues or something like that and all these, like, you know, tie-ins. Because there's, like, a good, like, four tie-ins, right? Yeah. Going on at once and it's weekly. So, Marvel just keeps on getting my money. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They're doing a good job. Like, tell me this last year, I'd, I'd be more in this abysmal state with them. Yes. But this year, it's it's been smooth. It's been telling some good stories. So far, so good. <laughs> Yes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> There's still a lot of story to be told. I, I think I'm allowed to say that five months in of Marvel Comics, I'm still... You know what? Aware. I really enjoyed the first three issues of Secret Empire. So... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the first two. But yeah. No, I know what you mean. No, definitely. Especially after No Surrender and everything, mm. which was a huge arc for them. I mean, they definitely regained some of my trust. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. I really did enjoy the main, like the first book of uh, Hunt for Wolverine. So I mean, this could all just be a bunch of buildup. We get to Infinity War and it's just, yeah. we're right back at it. Exactly. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but they fooled me before. Mm. So, um, but yeah. All right. So what else did we read? All right. So we read Justice League, No Justice, number one. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal left the DCU transformed in ways both terrifying and wondrous. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. but <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, only the Justice League is strong enough to face the threats to come. Or are they? Dum dum dum. <laughs> Four giant beings um, comprised of the universe's major energies, mystery, wonder, wisdom, and entropy, uh, who sustain their force by devouring planets are on their way to destroy the planet of Colu. The only way to take down the unimaginable threat is for the superhero teams of Earth to forget everything they thought they knew and form new alliances. That blurb sucked. <laughs> it actually made me hate the book. <laughs> no, but in all serious, I actually really enjoyed this book. Yes. This is Snyder's direct follow-up to metal, it's no secret that I was not a fan <laughs> of at least the last four issues of menu, me, metal and, you know, a lot of the tie-ins. 
So, I mean, he had a great start. I was all on board and it really just jumped the shark for me. So at first when this was announced, I was excited. But then after that last issue, I was like, oh God. And it's like every week, you know, right? Right. It's four issues for the next four weeks. Yes. Correct. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised with this book. Um, this felt more like, you know, Snyder, you know, streamlined, if you will, and being focused and everything that I love, you know, about Snyder and, you know, all that stuff that I hated with metal wasn't there. So, um, I, I really thought this was a great, like, intro, like, kickoff to the series. So, um, so basically what we have happen is Brainiac starts off the book, basically showing the heroes that, you know, how easily defeated they are by basically defeating all the, the heroes. So, um, and I think the one line is, you know, I can defeat you with a simple equation, you know, and, you know, I thought it'd be easier to show you than, you know, tell you that you wouldn't believe me otherwise. So the majority of the heroes wake up on Brainiac's ship not knowing what's going on literally in all those fancy costumes we've mm -hmm. seen all the solicitations and everything um yeah, just another reason to sell toys uh, <laughs> which i'll buy them all um and you know them wondering what the hell's going on brainiac shows up with the justice league who has to convince you know the other heroes, no, listen, you know, he's legit. You know, he actually holds on to the lasso of truth, you know, Wonder Woman's lasso to show, you know, hey, you know what this does. I'm telling you the truth. Um, and, you know, he's trying to get them ready for something huge happening, mm. which is the three entities or four entities yes. that are showing up. Um, there's basically a giant rip in the break wall. Um, you have all the lanterns trying to, like, close it up. <laughs> Which isn't working well for them. No. Um, and, you know, these entities have, like, leaked through now. So, the basically, their universe ex is exposed to the multi-universe. Um, so, shit is about to hit the fan. And a male Waller. <laughs> yes. So, as Brainiac has basically divided everyone up into teams that mm -hmm. could possibly help defend these planets um, against these other entities. Um, and they're, like, weird, like thrown together yeah, teams. heroes and villains. Yes, yes. Um, which was a really cool moment when uh, Luthor and Sinestro and uh, Lobo, they all kind of show up. Yeah. And who, someone else is with them, right? There's the squid guy. Oh, yeah. The starfish, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, they all show up, right? Um, you know, he's got them all divided up in teams and everything. Like one, like who's like all magic based with like Dr. Fade and Zanta Zantana. Basically, he's about to go ahead and like let them know exactly what their plan is. And Amanda Waller's on the other side. And I, what does she do? Like, it's she's like, she's like collected all these psychics. And oh, that's right. And she's trying to hack into his mind to get all the information. Because in her, by her perspective, now in all fairness, mm -hmm. he just came and wiped out all your heroes. So she's basically trying to find a way to defeat Brainiac, um, which she does, <laughs> unfortunately, because it basically, you know, kills Brainiac in Superman's arms. Yep. And right before he says the exact words he needs to say to save the universe. Yes, yes. So, oops. Um, <laughs> really cool setup, though. Hmm. You know, and it, I definitely 
you know, enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed anything, you know, that happened in the last like three or four issues of Metal. So this seems a lot more of a simple story. You know, you don't have a lot of characters. Although I guess they are kind of standing around talking, you know. Oh, yeah, there's but, lots of great lines going back and forth between these characters. But there are great lines and you could follow everything, hmm. you know, which you with Metal, I was so lost half the time and going back to other issues, trying to figure out what's going on. This is a much simpler story. That's no happening. magic harp that sends you between universes. <laughs> or like magic, like all of a sudden introducing another metal that, you know, the hero still exists, by the way. <laughs> so just put on the metal, right? That's all they need to do. Um, so yes. So this looks like it's going to be a fun story. It seems like you're going to have a lot of great like character interactions between these different teams. Um, so just like characters you don't usually see like working together. I think Beast Boy is on like Batman's team. Yeah. So just, I mean, just fun stuff happening. Um, cool costumes too. Um, the art was great. I enjoyed the art. Um, I don't know. How did you feel about it? Uh, I don't see this going anywhere near as dark as Metal did, but I think it would be interesting to see like, this gives me these kinds of, um, Attack on Titan vibes. I know you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's uh, it's an anime series where it's I know just, the anime series. I don't know what happens in it though. Uh, these giants pretty much just come in, swoop up heroes, and eat them. Okay, and, like, I don't see that happening. I don't but... see that. <laughs> well, I'm saying I'm getting these vibes where it's like these monsters, these pretty much celestials are going to be. Pro- yeah, like, they did it, feel like celestials yes. to me, right? Like it felt like <laughs> it was like a Galactus slash celestial like beings, you know. Whatever. I'm just calling them celestials. I mean, if they were there at the beginning <laughs> of the universe. DC celestials. If they you helped will. create the universe. Yeah. It's, it's a celestial. So what if they were the celestials? Bum bum bum. Like what? This we're gonna like get the Marvel horrible. Was bringing in? You know, Marvel technically they've done little Easter eggs where Marvel technically exists in their multi universe and vice versa. They've done that now, so they've got those little like Wait, little Easter Eastern eggs. Guy Galactus saving everyone. Oh God! Well, I don't want to see good guy Galactus anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but they've they've done a crossover before. So, I just I would like to see these guys do more damage. I don't think that's going to happen here, but I I know <laughs> what you're saying. Yes, more damage before they get defeated. Not so easily like oh we have this team that works perfectly with this guy. It's over. You know. Well, this definitely feels like it's going to be a catalyst for a bigger story that's going to be told in Snyder's Justice League mm-hmm. books. So I, I I'm curious to see what that roster is going to look like. You know how many of these you know different characters are going to actually be part of that roster. Um, and where they're going to go, or are these teams going to actually stay together and, you know, be part of Because they said the DC universe is going to be completely changed after the events of Metal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, you've got, like, Harley Quinn part of the team. Like, I mean, just characters that you wouldn't usually put, you know, working with the Justice League, you know, on mm-hmm. a team. So, um, I don't know. It's a big story. Um, I feel like he's got a lot, for me, at least as a fan, he's got a lot to prove now, mm. you know, um, after Metal. So, but this was a good start. This was As a long good as start. it doesn't have some flashy wrap-up, I'll be happy. With them all dancing to some band in the swamp Not thing. Not just or... some band. It was his, <laughs> their sons and Alfred. Never forget, uh, Alfred plays the drums. Oh, I did. Cannon. And you had to bring it back up. Yes. Canon. Oh. <laughs> nothing's really canon in it's DC. It's canon. Nothing is really canon in DC. <laughs> They'll wipe it all up and retcon everything uh, in a year or two, so it's okay. 
So. <sighs> Cannon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's main event time. Main event time. This Friday, or Thursday night, if you will. I'm going on Saturday. I'm. I think I'm going to do Friday morning again. I feel like I can avoid spoilers for this movie pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. No, this is an Avengers. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this Thursday night, Deadpool two, Deadpool two finally hits theaters. So let's go ahead and do a little preview for the people. Um, here we go. We'll read the blurb, if you will. Foulmouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool, uh, brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy with mutant abilities from the brutal time-traveling cable. All right. I think it's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> and that team is X-Force. Yes. Right? Um, or so they say. I think they actually... Do they say X-Force? I think they say X-Force. Yeah, he, he claims X-Force. Okay, okay. All right. Well, well, the way you... So you say was like... That was I, like just, I don't know. I, I is feel it the like real X-Force? Or is it like, you know... Yeah, is this the real X-Force? Because the way I envision X-Force was much different, mm. so... At least a little bit more badass. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I have a feeling this movie ends with Cable taking X-Force over, you know, and making it more badass. So, um, but yeah, so where do we think this story is going to take us? Um, I mean, there's a lot of speculation with Juggernaut being a villain. Yes, uh, we know Black Tom is. Yes. So we don't know how much of a part he has in this movie. He hasn't really been in the trailers, trailers much at yeah. all. It really seems like it's focused on Cable, you know, hunting the young moon down, whose name is Rusty, but it's not Rusty Collins. Um, from new, new Mutant fame, um, it seems like it's kind of hybrid between like a couple characters. His powers seem almost like Pyro to me, like Pyro's powers. But I mean, we've only seen flashes, so who knows? Um, but yeah, so it's Deadpool trying to protect you know this child from you know a child like teenager from Cable. I feel like that's only like the first part of the story. That's how I you feel know? too, right? Like I think they're just showing us what they want us to know that you know, frame really what this movie's about. Um, I don't think, you know, Cable's the main villain in no. this movie at all. I would so, hope not. Um, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't make much sense mm. knowing what we know about Cable and Deadpool and their relationship in the comic books. So, um, but yeah, it it seems like it's going to be a fun ride. I mean, so far all the trailers have done their jobs and, mm. you know, I'm definitely, you know, ready, you know, for more Deadpool um you know i don't know how do you feel like the trailers have compared to like the first like set of trailers for the first movie for the first movie yes um i felt like the pacing was definitely off for a few of these it's um it's been a lot of the same footage over and over again but i mean that's because they're trying to condense yeah i feel like we're seeing more trailers so i don't know if that's the issue so like see like after you see a joke over and over again i don't know if it's just like kind of falling flat Mm -hmm. for me um you know especially the second trailer I felt that way. With but then again, for the first movie, like almost all of T.J. Miller's like jokes were like pretty much in the trailer. Okay. So I mean, that took away from it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think too. What the first movie had going for it, it was just like so new. Like mm-hmm. you're finally getting this movie that you've been wanting for the last, you know, 
five, six years, you know, mm-hmm. however, like since Ryan Reynolds, like was connected to that role in, you know, uh, Wolverine's origins. So, I mean, you're finally getting the Deadpool that you always envisioned, you know, on screen. So I think that kind of is worn off and you've got a lot of, you know, expectations and hype to really, you know, exactly. follow and deliver on. So um, I think maybe we're being a little more critical um, of it because <laughs> of that. So, um, but yeah, I definitely felt the same way though with mm. the second trailer. It's just like, eh, you know, um, you know, especially with X-Force. You know, we're starting off just being negative on the whole. Uh, hey. <laughs> X-Force, you know, because I... I love X-Force. I love the concept of X-Force. I love what, you know, Marvel did the last 10 years with X-Force. So when they announced that they want to do an X-Force team, I was really envisioning this dark kill squad, you know, that like Cyclops put together that happened in the books, Mm. you know, with Wolverine and Deadpool. And, you know, Cable's actually not really part of that group at all. Um, so that's kind of the tone. That's the group that Deadpool was part of. Yeah. Um, this seems more in tone of like the early nineties X-Force, which would make sense since, you know, it's a cable and Deadpool story. Um, but just not what I thought of, especially, um, what I've seen of Shatterstar, which is actually a, an awesome character that I really love from the nineties, who's part of X-Force. I don't know it feels like they're going to be a little tongue-in-cheek with him. Um, and he's going to be played up, you know, as a comedic kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because the, the Shatterstar I love is a total, like, badass warrior, like, alien from another planet. And I don't know if we're getting that. Oh, I doubt it'll be an alien. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, um, I love everything I've seen of Domino, though. Mm. So, and they've kind of showcased her a lot. Um, I don't know if they're going to really, it doesn't seem like that kind of pre-existing relationship is there between Domino and Cable, um, that exists, you know, when she's first introduced in the books. Um, so I don't know, I don't know exactly where they're going. I'm curious. It, like, I think you kind of mentioned it's a, it's a different director this time around. There was a falling out between, you know, Reynolds and, uh, Tim Miller, who was, uh, you know, the original director, which is unfortunate because, I mean, God, he hit it out of the park, mm. you know, so. It just I, was, seemed, I mean, from what we've heard, it just sounds like he wanted to do a much more grounded, simpler story, mm-hmm. whereas Reynolds and his team want to expand and blow up Deadpool 2 as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the stories we heard, and he, to the point where, like, he didn't even want to have a bigger budget. He wanted to have the same budget that he had on the first movie. Mm-hmm. So where I can understand where Reynolds is coming, like, okay, they're willing to give us, you know, more money and more, you know, a bigger sandbox to Mm. play in. Why not take that? So um, just story-wise, it would make sense. Um, So, I mean, I get it, you know? I mean, I hope the movie doesn't get too big for them, you know? I mean, one thing that was nice about the first Deadpool movie, it was such a, like, I don't know, Compared to other, like, superhero stories, it was a much more smaller contained story, um, scope-wise. So we'll see how they deal with, like, you know, a, a bigger cast, mm. a bigger story. So, I mean, this is, you know, they've gotten past his origin now, which is, I feel like, is always promising with the, you know... Because the origin story, as much as, you know, you want to see it on the screen, it can bog down a storyline because a lot of times they're not just telling you the origin story, they're trying to tell you mm. another story at the same time. 
So now that we know who Deadpool is, we know how he's gotten his powers, we know what the character's about, let's just go, you know? So I mean, I'm glad that's out of the way. You think we're going to get more than three fourth wall breaks? I think we're going to get more. Hmm. We've gotten like, I feel like we've gotten like three in the trailers, right? <laughs> I, haven't no- I haven't noticed him. He's probably. called him uh, Thanos, right? Oh, well, yes, that. Yeah, he uh, made reference to the DC universe, <laughs> right? Hmm. I feel like there's something else in there, too. So I feel like you're gonna, I'm going to say over on the three. I definitely say I'm okay with that. As long as they don't overdo it, you know, and it's like... I mean, we got a fourth wall break within a fourth wall break in the last film. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, at Right now, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like at an 84%. Mm-hmm. So um, I have seen some mixed reviews. I haven't read them. Just, <laughs> just gauging mm-hmm. by the titles of the reviews. But overall, it does seem positive. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm a little nervous about the whole X-Force factor. Hmm. You know? Um, Josh Brolin, though, looks fantastic as Cable. Like, I, it just feels like he's going to own that character. <laughs> it's definitely his year, right? Right? My God. <laughs> How did he manage that? No idea. That's just awesome. Uh <laughs> God, yeah, this is really going to be the summer of Brolin. <laughs> summer of Brolin. Um, but yeah. Um, so you like Domino. You like Cable. Mm-hmm. You're excited. I'm assuming you're excited for Deadpool's re- return. Yes. Uh, is there any other characters that you're excited about? Or have any ideas about? No, there isn't. And maybe that's part of the problem. Because <laughs> everyone, like everyone else on the team, like you don't really see. You see him briefly. And I mean, I'm sure that's on purpose. Um, so I really don't know what the rest of the X-Force team is. And I really don't know how much they're going to really, you know, get into those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the guy? The the average Joe that they... Oh, <laughs> the, the, the guy who has diabetes. He's been probably my favorite part of the trailers, though. Mm. So, um, Jared, is it not... No, it's not Jared, is it? Is it Jerry? Jerry, maybe? Yeah. He looks like a Jerry. He looks like a chair. I feel. I feel like that's gonna be one of the best part of the movies. So, right, probably. Um, yeah. um, I, I have a feeling that the girlfriend dies in this. That's, that's good intuition. I, uh, Vanessa in the comics definitely dies. So, um, a pretty horrific death. Um, she gets killed by Sabretooth. Um, the character is very different in the comic books, though. So I kind of expected it actually to happen in the first movie. Yeah. I so it wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that it would happen in this movie. Cause I feel like it's going to kind of bog way down having that girlfriend hmm. part of the equation. And it sounds like they have a lot of like things they want to do with him as a character. Mm-hmm. They still haven't been able to explore, especially since he has a girlfriend. Well, now how do you think that movie deals with that, though? Like, if they do have that death? Because I feel like that's going to be pretty heavy. And that movie, I mean, in the first movie, yes, it's very, you know, slapstick, funny, and, you know, balls to the wall. But it still had its, like, you know, mm-hmm. big moments, like character moments, um, you know, with him dealing with, you know, him getting cancer and everything like that. So I feel like, like, is that somber tone, like, in a sneak, like, if the... If the girlfriend dies, you know, I feel like 
that somber tone. Scottily, like I, I can't have him just like joke it off. You know what I'm saying? No, so I, is that going to affect if it does happen? And we're totally speculating <laughs> whatsoever. And you know, possible spoilers, obviously. Um, do you think it's going to affect the tone of the movie or the pacing of the movie? No, I think that he just rides that as his motivation for whoever the bigger bad is. Mm-hmm. Because if that if the bigger bad leads to her death, then that just becomes this is my mission. I have to come after you. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about getting something like tone wise with what we got with like you know Thor Ragnarok, and I love Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. but where like you know you have these big moments happening like Odin's death, and you know, um, but. Then you've got like a one-liner happening right afterwards. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see that. I want to at least. I definitely don't want to see. I want to see <laughs> like you know at least you know ten minutes of screen time of you know Deadpool getting like seriously pissed and you know going out for blood. So I, I don't know, I don't know. Like I, I definitely feel like it's gonna happen if not in this movie, another movie down the line, just because I do feel like it kind of bogs down the character, like mm. I was saying. Um, you know, and I know it happens in the books. So, but like I said, the character's completely different. The character's actually another mutant in the books um, named Copycat, who is introduced to us in those books as Domino. So the first time we ever set our eyes on Domino, it's not Domino. And it lasts like five or ten issues of us like spending time thinking this is Domino. And then we find out that, no, this is, you know... Uh, some an, another assassin sent by Tolliver, who Deadpool's working for, to set up uh, X Force. So we're actually introduced to Domino, like the real Domino, like shackled in like a dungeon somewhere. So it's kind of a cool way to introduce the character. But then like Deadpool and Copycat like have this like complete like weird you know relationship where they're back and forth, and Copycat's pretty nuts too. Um, so, and then she, she ends up getting it at the end. Like Wade tries to hide her actually at the, at the zoo of all places. He has her in like a, like, uh, gorilla, like uh, cage and has her <laughs> transform as one of the gorillas. And then it's actually really, as ridiculous as it sounds. It's a really like heartfelt scene. He comes back to the cage thinking that she's safe and he finds all the gorillas like slaughtered and like, she's like amongst the pile. Um, like dying so um i do i think they eventually brought her back but i don't know where they would go with that relationship Mm. in the films so i do feel like it's very possible that she dies you know i don't think they're going to use that death but (laughs) (laughs) i hope not all of a sudden she's got mutant powers and she's uh morphing into a gorilla yeah i don't see that happening (laughs) and Sabretooth shows up I'll be all for Sabretooth showing up, though. Right. Um, but yeah. Well, would you get X-Men 1 Sabretooth, or would you get Wolverine Sabretooth? You know what? As much as I hate Wolverine Origins, I wouldn't mind getting that Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. What's the actor's name? I... Not Duh. Liam Neeson. What's his name? No, it's not Liam Neeson. What's his fucking name? I don't remember. God damn it. Le- leave Sh- uh, Schreider. Oh. Damn, damn it. Good. Good point. No Google needed, my friend. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I thought he did a great job as Sabretooth. Oh, yeah, he did a fantastic job. Just the job. script sucked. Um, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that, but I don't mm. think that's happening. So uh, I definitely feel like she's going to get it, though. I definitely want it. Yeah. I'm about, <laughs> like, 
eighty percent sure. Eighty percent sure. It just it just feels they're like gonna get married at the end of this movie, like have kids. <laughs> they just they've only shown the one shot of her jumping on him, and that's it. But do we need to see much more of her though? Like, I mean, you don't want her throughout the whole. No, but you you think you'd get like. It's not like because she doesn't have powers or anything other, like, like that. Moment or a joke or something. If she was going to be like, but I feel a like they're part. kind of following that Marvel formula, you know. Even though it's not technically a Marvel movie, where they only show you a few like story points, you know, different angles and different, you know, mm-hmm. different lines from like you know scenes, but like it's the same like three or four scenes. She had plenty of jokes in the last film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if she was going to have a bigger impact or a bigger role throughout mm-hmm. this one, she would have at least one one-liner in mm-hmm. this fucking Because it is just that one scene where it's she walks just, in. babe, jumps on Storyline-wise, it makes sense to kill her. Yeah. Like I said, I'm like 80% sure. 80% sure that she's getting it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla Cage. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know what's interesting, too, is the whole cable thing. Where you've got this, like, Cable hunting to kill this mutant. I'm mm. guessing somehow this mutant has, like, affected the time stream or make the future, exactly. like, a horrible, you know, place. Because um, it's really the opposite of what happens in the comics. You know, in the comics, it's Cable protecting a mutant hope from Bishop, who's jumping through time mm. trying to kill her because... Supposedly, in his future, hope makes this, you know, apocalypse basically happen. So it's kind of interesting that they kind of flipped that around, that whole dynamic. Um, I also, but they do have a little nod to hope. You know, they have the teddy bear yeah, the teddy on, the, bear. on the belt, which is pretty iconic, you know, in the X-verse at least. So I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with Cable, you know. I love the dynamic between Cable and Deadpool, though, in the books. And if they can capture any of that you know that run that initial run it's like 50 issues is just pure gold it's really where i like i love deadpool when he first you know debuted right away Mm. i mean just an awesome character just look wise and everything he's much different than what you know we have now um you know not look wise but just kind of character wise he was definitely much more of a villain at first Mm. Um, he was still a smart ass. He was definitely, you know, Spider Man, a villainous Spider Man, um, on crack, if you will. But he like really what we've got now and what, you know, what I've grown to love about Deadpool is what happens in those fifty issues of Cable and Deadpool. Um, which is by Fabian Nassis, um, who I can never pronounce his name correctly <laughs> so if i mispronounce it i apologize um but he, and he's one of the original writers of deadpool you know one of the original creators along with rob Lightfield. so but that book if you get a chance check out that book because that dynamic between those two characters i mean they're one of my favorite like duos you know in the marvel universe you know along with like luke cage and iron fist i put them up there so um the fact that you know these guys will possibly get more movies together i mean it's just gold. We'll see because we still don't know where this goes with Fox and Marvel and everything. Well, yes, obviously. Hmm. So we will see. And I don't know where this goes and everything. What do you think happens after this movie? We don't even know. Like, that's not even like completely finalized hmm. yet. So just recently they were saying that there's another, I forgot what company was trying to undercut um, Disney. 
So who undercuts Disney? Someone with more money who's willing to pay. Who so, has more money? I don't know. So, <laughs> but it's if the trade papers are reporting it, it must be serious mm. enough. So, you know, I mean, maybe they're just trying to get them to push up the value and make Disney spend more money. You know, who knows? So if they want to push up the price, that's fine. You know, like you said, Disney has plenty of money, but Fox has a lot to offer. So I could definitely see another company saying, wait, why wouldn't we try to, you know, and Disney really, to a certain extent, you know, are we going to do okay without these movies and these other franchises? Yes, we'll be fine. (laughs) But I'd rather see Disney. Yes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. As a fan, that's what I want. Now, there's a lot of people out there who don't want that. You know, I remember you, at first, originally, you had a lot of, you know... It's it's the worry that you would bring it back down to a PG, more PG level, where, you know, you have Deadpool, who's like this first, like, well, not first, but this, like, big, major, rated R character being so successful. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see that stripped away all of a sudden. Now, a lot of people had that same fear, and to the point where literally Disney addressed it and said, yes. don't worry, people, you're going to get your Deadpool. Um so, you know, and like I, I, I think I brought up before too, like, I mean, they do have a Punisher show on Netflix mm. that's pretty fucking graphic and pretty violent. So, you know. And probably one of but, the best things out there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Huge mark for Punisher. Um, but do you see this story continuing in the Disney world and, you know, the MCU? Do you think you get, like, a soft reboot? Because I don't see them recasting anyone as Deadpool. That'd be a huge mistake right off the bat. No. I mean, you, you can, can reboot Deadpool's world at any time and still keep him Exactly, exact right? Exact Isn't he, like, character? the perfect character for this to happen to? Exactly, yeah. Like, the rest of the X-verse over at Fox, fuck them. <laughs> right? Like, they can all be recasted, and they have been. Mm. But, like, Ryan Reynolds is the one character where you definitely need it to be Ryan Reynolds with, you know, with Deadpool. But Deadpool is the perfect character for that because you could totally, because he breaks the fourth wall, you could totally just reboot everything and just, you know, play it off. And it would be in canon. It would be perfect. It'd Mm -hmm. be fantastic. If anything, it would just add to more jokes, you know, going on in the movie. So they would just use it, you know, in the script. So I think that'd be perfect. I, I really... I think that's probably my out of all the like franchises that M- the MCU would get their hands on. It'd probably be my least concern. You know, I don't know what they would do with the whole story with Cable, like you're mm. saying. But I mean, they do have a working relationship r- with Brolin right now, so I don't know. So we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and then if this movie hits it out of the park, why fuck with the good thing too? You know, you never know, especially if they start playing like Avengers Four. They're talking about. Um, now I don't see Deadpool actually interacting. No, no, no. Much I'm just saying, like the whole... they're introducing the concept of time travel, mm-hmm. and then you have X Men that has a shit ton of time travel storylines. Oh God, yes. Every other month, I yes. mean, that's just something that you can play. <laughs> Every with. other character too, like you, you know, can have time characters time. like Bishop. You can have characters like Cable constantly mm-hmm. jumping around. And Trying to save the universe, trying to stop another apocalypse that could happen. Yeah. And that's a great way to introduce the X-Men. Yeah. No, and that, yeah. I mean, it really is tailor-made for this merger to happen, so. But, like you said, I don't even know what the hell's going on with it at this point, so. (laughs) 
Um, you know, I'm still waiting and I God, I hope it goes through. You know, I know there there is a lot of people still out there who don't want to see it happening. They feel like it's too much underneath one umbrella, but whatever. As long as I get my like complete Marvel universe <laughs> all underneath one roof, I'm fine. I'd rather there just be one solid vision than having to try to keep track of like what's going on in this universe and what's going on in this universe and what's going on. And you want to see the characters interact. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how the comics are, where anyone can show up on anyone's book any given day. It's not like back in the 80s where it's a big deal. Now Mm -hmm. those books cross over all the time and their origin stories all like work together and merge. And, you know, it just... Who doesn't want to see it's their favorite heroes together? It's what's MCU so fun, is being able to play around with these characters interacting. Exactly. Exactly. And it's been so well done, too. Because as we see, it's not an easy thing to do, is what's happened over in the DCEU. So, um, it really, not to shit on DC again, but, you know. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, you know. But, I, hey, Aquaman's been getting a good buzz. Really? So, we'll see. Yeah. It is. So, I mean, we we might have heard the same thing about Justice League at one point. (laughs) I don't know. But I'm holding out hope. So, but we'll see what happens. Aquaman's a character that you can literally do whatever the fuck you want with at this point. I think so. I think that goes with any... I feel like they could just do standalone films for all those characters. You know, and use the actors for Justice League. The way I mean that by it is just like, there's not a fan base that's going to get pissed off. There's if, a small one. A very small one. There there are Aquaman fans out yes, there. Yes, there are Aquaman fans. And there fans. are DC loyalists out but there who... Those, D, those fans would rather see a damn good Aquaman story. Yes, if they're smart fans, they'd rather sacrifice, you know, some origin pop, plot points for a, you know, just an all-around awesome Aquaman story. So, and it's in good hands, you know, mm. with James Wan, so... I don't know. Anyway, but we're talking about Deadpool too. <laughs> I don't know how the fuck Aquaman got hey, you brought it That's up. me. Yeah, that's all I <laughs> So. You um, pitch, I'll knock him out, all right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, we've got Deadpool protecting this kid from Cable. We're going to say this is probably the first half of the story, right? And then we're going to move probably on. First to... third. You really think it's first that? Third act, right? I mean, the first act, sure. If you put this in three X, that's fine. And Vanessa's gonna die. Okay, I can do that. It's not in, it's not Infinity Wars, man. <laughs> <laughs> what at the end of this, they all turn to dust. What if that's their uh, <laughs> the end credits is them turning to dust? How about that? And they could totally just do it and have no connection to whatever, exactly. but people would lose their shit, right? <laughs> Oh, I, I hope there's at least a snap your fingers joke at Cable. Oh, like, I'm don't sure. snap your fingers. Like, I'm something. sure there'll be something. I'm sure there'll be something. They're already making Infinity War jokes left and right, I believe. Mm. You know, because even the, the the teaser one, they're playing with action figures, and he says something about stones or something to Cable. So they're definitely gonna play along with that. So, and why wouldn't you? That's comedy gold right there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we feel like that's gonna be the first part of the film. Right, maybe the first act, you know, maybe the second act, but we feel like there's going to be a whole other act that we know nothing about. Exactly. You know, it seems like he spent some time in the X Mansion. You know, do we see any other X Men show besides Colossus? No, I think they're going to pull the same gag again. Really? It'll be an empty place, and he's just running around. Okay. Okay. I think there'll be a few little Easter eggs, character-wise, but no like major characters, um, at least in those scenes. Um, 
And then we feel like Black Tom is definitely, well, we know Black Tom's in the movie, but we've been like kind of hit. Wherever Black Tom usually is in the comic books, Juggernaut's not far behind. So if Juggernaut is in this movie, they've done a pretty damn good job of mm-hmm. keeping it under wraps. Because um, they, I mean, there's a whole other trailer out there that, you know, you could be selling this movie on with Juggernaut, mm-hmm. you know. Because I can't, because I really am a fan of how Colossus looks in this movie, so I can't imagine what Juggernaut will look like. Um, I was not a big fan of how Singer did um, Colossus in the original X movies. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say how he did Juggernaut. Oh, well, that too. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't do Juggernaut. So that was uh, the third movie, which was atrocious. That's a. Reiner, whatever. Oh, okay. So he was gone at that point. So then they brought him back to save everything. See, I didn't have a huge problem with the way Colossus looks. Dude, that whole shiny, like, T-1000 look that he had going? No. No, I need... He just didn't feel like he was there. Like, it's just bad CGI to me. So, I, I don't know. I enjoy the way Colossus looks here. You know, I feel like, you know, he looks a lot more... I don't know. To me, he looks like he's a real character there. Um, so, and I, I love the accent that the actor is using, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's over the top. Whatever, you know, I enjoy it. So, I, I hope we get a lot more classes. I would love to see Juggernaut. You know, I can't imagine what Juggernaut will look like. We haven't talked about Warhead. Negative yeah. eye, teenage Warhead. She's definitely in the movie. We know that. Um, do we feel like she has a bigger part in this movie, or do we feel like it's kind of the same caliber of a role? Um, I think it'll be a little bit more. Maybe not too much. I feel like she'll be still just there with Colossus, enjoying, having fun. Just being a snarky teenager. Maybe she'll have a bigger action scene moment. Okay. And that one scene where, like, that we've seen a million times at this point where she's, like, powering up. Yeah. Pretty awesome. So, (laughs) um, I hope so. Because I enjoyed the character in the first one. Mm -hmm. So, I I could see that. You know, maybe she joins X-Force. Who knows? Because I don't know anyone else who's a part of X-Force at this point. I know Domino. I know Shatterstar. And that's pretty much it. Bedlam seems to be who I thought was actually G.W. Bridge. But it's Bedlam, I guess. Um, who's a very minor character in uh, the Marvel Universe. So it's a weird pull for them. But I guess they didn't want to fuck with anything that would screw up, you know, the rest of the <laughs> X-Movies. You know? Not that it matters anymore. That we know of. That we know of. Maybe it does. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so... Whenever Apocalypse... Or not Apocalypse. Um, Phoenix. Yes, Phoenix. Dark Phoenix? Up. Yeah, Dark Phoenix shows up. Whenever that film decides to grace us with its presence. When was it? It was pushed back to, right? It was... It's Until next year. 2019. Mm. Early 2019, I believe. Yeah, God. Wait, do you, Okay, anyway, let's not go... <laughs> I'm about to go down that rabbit hole of do you care about this movie? Because I do not at this point. I still care. Good for you, man. I like the actors. <laughs> I like the crew. Do you... The like crew? The, what the crew? team, I mean. Oh, okay. I was like, you mean like the director and stuff? I was like, who's directing that movie? It's not Singer anymore. No, but I've liked what they've done with a lot of the... Um, the you Did you past. like Age of Apocalypse, though? We just went down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I... Because I did not. So I do not care about I this. I didn't hate it like everyone else did, but I, I liked didn't first think class. it was that great. I liked First Class. I liked um, what they did with um, Days, of Future Past. Days of Future Past. But I was really disappointed with Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse could have been something so much more. 
Yes. I still I still enjoyed the movie, but it could have been way better movie. Oh yes. And that was my problem. Is you know, mm-hmm. I knew what potential that movie had and that villain had and I felt like they should have been. That better. could have been a two or three part film. Yes, exactly. So what, you know, the Avengers, the Infinity Wars really doing right now. Mm. So um but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It all fits. It's all the same. It does. Universe. Yeah, at least it's the X verse, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I really do hope they just wipe all that shit, you know, the slate <laughs> clean, and we're, you know, all part of the MCU, and you know, one big happy family. So that's my hope. So I mean, if they've got a great story to tell, then more power to them. I'll probably see them in the theater. So I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You know, they're still going to get my money regardless. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm not like on my at the edge of my seat. My calendar is not marked or anything like that that movie so deadpool 2 though mm. i will be there on friday people are excited for it you know we even have solo coming out the next week we, we did do. a poll today and people are still more excited for deadpool i than was Star surprised Wars film, so. like but it was like really one-sided mm. i think it was like 70 percent, like 70 some percent like we're all on board and i don't know if it's just because it's coming out this week um, I know there's been a lot of naysayers with Solo, but I was really surprised that, you know, Deadpool had it by mm. that big of a margin, you know, pull-wise. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Because I'm excited for Solo. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get knee-deep in Solo next week. I we will. We will. Because um, I've got a lot to say about <laughs> Solo. So, um, all right, man. Is that going to do it for us? I think that does it for this episode. All right. Get out there. See Deadpool 2. You know, support the cause. And we'll definitely tell you how what we think of it next week. Yes, yes. We both should have seen it by then. So um, before we go, we got a couple podcasts that we think you should listen to. Um, the first one is the More Gooder Than podcast. Um, making you love movies you hated and hate movies you love. Part of the Podfix Network. Uh, go ahead and check them out. And then next, we've got Smart to Death Podcast. If you love wrestling, this is the podcast for you. Um, Join Kyle and Anthony as they debate the hottest topics in the world of wrestling. Um, From hashtag WatchROH, hashtag New Japan Wrestling, hashtag WWE, and more. Um, Available wherever podcasts are. So they're everywhere just like us. (laughs) So um, next, check out Real Locker Room Talk. Um, a great sports podcast. Um, they cover everything sport-wise. So a uh, podcast about today's relevant sport topics and a bunch of other useless shit that really no one cares about. Because guess what? That's real locker room talk. And um, they're at Mitch and Dimitri. So follow them on Twitter. They're also on Facebook. Um, they've got a great like uh, forum on Facebook uh, that you should check out. So then we've got Work Slash Life Imbalance Podcast. Um, office and life advice that you uh, probably shouldn't take. Um, <laughs> check them out. A great podcast. Fun listen. Uh, and then last but not least, I know these guys are all in because I was standing in line with them. Wanted to give them a quick shout out because we had great conversation. Uh, they are Divas, Dropkicks, and Dives podcast. Very fun concept. Uh, they are a weekly wrestling podcast covering all the nooks and crannies of the wrestling universe. Uh, definitely check them out. They're on um, Spotify, and I think they're on a couple other things, but definitely look them up on uh, Facebook and on uh, Twitter. And I think that's going to be it for this week. 
That's it, right? Yeah. Definitely check us out. Definitely check us right? out. Right, and you're doing it right now. So you probably <laughs> found us on Twitter, but we're also on Podbean, iTunes. Give us a rate and review. Um, we're on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> what else are we on, man? What did we say? We said Stitcher. 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 We're on Stitcher. Man, we're, we're just kind of everywhere. We're everywhere. So <laughs> we're like us. a disease. We're spreading, people. <laughs> um, yeah, Google us, pretty much. But yeah, definitely, you know, follow us on Twitter. That's probably our main, you know, hub. Yes, that's the main hub where you can find our new Periscopes that we're doing. Yes, we're trying to figure it out. Trying so to be figure patient. it out. Yeah. <laughs> but Christian got lots of great footage this week. So hopefully we'll have more cool features like that. Um, and then we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. So memeing it up over there. You know, give us a follow. Um, you know, we'll have some cool exclusive content at some point up there. So. Most Definitely. And also, you're probably enjoying the house bands, uh, Them Guilty Aces. You can find their EP on their website. You can um, hear them on this podcast every week. Keep enjoying it. Keep uh, giving us feedback. We love hearing all your reviews, all your thoughts about us. Um, And I think that's about it, right? That's about it. All right. Well, my name was Christian. Your name? Are you dead? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if I survive till next week, right? <laughs> you never know with Christian. Uh, <laughs> throw my name in the Deadpool, right? Well, my name was Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Let me let me redo that one for you. This is Christian. This is Damon. And this was the amazing great show. See ya. And last but not least, Peter. Any power you want to tell us about? I don't, I don't have one. Um, I, I just saw the ad. You're in.